loves, welcome back to Girl Move On Podcast. This is Tiffany. And Shan. Welcome back. We're going to talk about what the health. And we're specifically going to have a transparent conversation about the health disparities that have faced women. Specifically, women. There we go. And how the American medical system has exploited us since the beginning of time. When I first told Shan that little uh, <laughs> synopsis, she looked at me like I was crazy. Like, what is Tiffany about to do? Are we about to go the Black Panther route? Not sure. But, you know, we're just going to give you facts and our own personal experiences of things that have happened. And uh, mm-hmm. we're going to go from there. So just to start, we are literally the blueprint. Let's start it right there. We need a moment of silence. Drop the mic. You're welcome. Henrietta Lacks went to Johns Hopkins in 1951 for vaginal bleeding, and her cells were used for cancer research. Her cells are still being used for cancer research without her consent or knowledge, and her family did not give consent for this. And her cells, and the reason her cells are so special is because her cells were the first cells to grow in a culture on their own. So black women are literally immortal. And this is why we're X-Men. This is this was amazing to me because of a lot of things that have happened to us personally. Mm-hmm. That's where that research came from. And another thing I found while we were doing research, and shout out to Shane for always giving me the great resources and articles. Love you, mentor friend. Uh, John Marion Sims, who is the quote unquote father of modern gynecology, but homie was doing experiments on black women because they could quote unquote tolerate the pain without anesthesia. And I believe that this idea continues today because I have been in a hospital setting or with doctors where I felt like they didn't think my pain was real. And Shan has been in that same position. So Mm -hmm. I'd like Shan to discuss her experience with doctors, especially around maternal health, because again, I'm learning from my friends that have been brave enough to have children. So (laughs) hit it, sis. Not brave enough. (laughs) Brave enough. I mean, courageous, brave, superheroes. Nice. Oh, shit. Here it comes. It happened. <laughs> well, here we go. Here we go. Um, Yeah. So I'll start with the disclaimer that I am very fortunate to have had great relationships with my OBGYNs. Mm-hmm. Um, I make jokes that we kind of have like family doctors when I was in Boston, had the same pediatrician until I was grown. And then when I transitioned to the OB, I saw my mother's OB. When I was pregnant with Avery, moved to Georgia, she referred me to one of her students that lived in Georgia, and it ended up being um, the resident who actually delivered my sister is now my OB here in Boston and has, she did not deliver Avery because she was not on call when I went Mm. to labor, but she delivered the girls, but she was my LB for the entire pregnancy um, with him and with the girls. So- Great relationship, great experiences with them, can have open conversations, explore things, discuss things. Um, So very thankful for that. However, with my first pregnancy, like I just said, uh, going into labor, she was not there. So I had a new doctor who necessarily wasn't aware of my plan, what I wanted to do, how things were going to go. And how important was it to have a plan, Shane? 
a plan chance. I think it is and it wasn't because you know me, I'm a planner. So going into it, I know that I do not have a high tolerance of pain. Mm-hmm. So I knew I was going to get an epidural, even though I didn't really want it. I had never been in a hospital, never sprained nothing, twisted, broke nothing, like prior to having children. Mm-hmm. Only time I was at the doctor was for a checkup. Right. Um, so that part of it made me really anxious. And that was just something that I was like always talking to my doctor about. Um, I have a curve in my spine, right in my lower back where the epidural needed to go. So I was really anxious mm-hmm. about that. And, you know, they tell you, oh, we've seen this before, done worst case scenarios. So Lying. everything will be fine. Yeah. Everything wasn't fine. I ended up losing complete feeling in motion in my hands. Like I went to pick up my phone to text my mother because she wasn't there. She had planned to get there. But like, you could have been paralyzed. After- Literally. This is giving lots of malpractice money. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm just seeing lots of money floating around. So I went to pick up my phone to text my mother wow. and I could move my arm, but I could not move my fingers. Like I could not close my hand. No way. No way. On my phone. So I Bravery. immediately this is what start I'm talking freaking about. out because like you just said, like I literally thought I was paralyzed. Like yeah. crying, anxious, stressed out, like call them in here and they're like, it's probably sitting on a nerve. So we have to take it out and put it back in. And we had been like hours into labor at this point. Like I got How there seven hours? o'clock in the morning. Um, it was in the afternoon because my water had already broken, like all that crazy stuff. So from 7 a.m., we'll call it like mid-afternoon. Like I had gotten the epidural because I, I held out for a little bit before I got it because I was just like, maybe you can do this. And then I had that and moment when I was like, this is a natural birth? No. Started off as a natural birth, and then okay. I got the epidural because I was like, "Yeah, this shit's getting real," and I'm not, I'm not built for this. Like, I know my boundaries, I know my limits. Okay, so I'm so, getting an epidural. I have a question. Since I need clarification, so when mothers say I did it natural, I'm good. So they're trying to say they went through the whole thing natural with no epidural, no assist- no no drugs, yes. no drugs, no C-section, just pushing. Yes. The epidural is a needle they put in your back to. It's like it numbs your body, so that you so you don't, don't even feel, feel anything. the contractions. No, like you're you can be having a contraction, you're not gonna feel it. Like you only know because you can see the little lines jumping okay. on the machine. Not for me. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, just well, need no, a clarification. You... Oof. Um. So yeah. So once I finally got the epidural, everything was fine until I went to pick up my phone to text my mother. And so they said it was probably sitting on a nerve. They'd have to take the needle out and put it back in. And I was like, yeah, fuck that. You're not putting it back in. Like I literally just thought I was paralyzed. We still don't know if the shit's going to wear off. So they turn off the machine that's feeding you the drug through the needle and then had to wait for the anesthesiologist to come take it out. And they're like, at this point, like my contractions were too close together that I could go into shock if I went from like not feeling any pain to all of a sudden feeling that intense pain. So they convinced me to let him redo it. So he did. And then eventually I, I don't even know how long, cause it felt like fucking forever before I could move my fingers again, but that solved. But then the downside of that is that now at this point I'm like stressed out, really anxious. And so mm-hmm. my labor kind of like slowed down and I stopped mm-hmm. progressing. Yeah. And like my water had already broken, 
I'm stressed out. Avery's heartbeat was like going down. He was stressed out. And so after being in the hospitals at seven o'clock in the morning, it got to the point where they were concerned about his heartbeat. So I ended up having to have an emergency C-section, which was just like a whole nother fear. Cause again, do you feel like you had a choice in that or it was like last resort? It was given to you as a last resort. It was, it was not proposed as me having a choice. It was like, Mm, this is what we need to do for your safety and the baby's safety. Got it. And in Georgia, I had all of my children at Northside Hospital, but that's kind of given the name of the baby factory, but that's where my doctor delivers. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, people will say that if you go to Northside Hospital, like they're just trying to deliver babies. They have the highest number of deliveries, which people say can be a good thing and a bad thing because you might be pressured to go off plan of what you're trying to do because wow. they're just trying to deliver the baby. Wow. I was not concerned about that going into it because of the mm. relationship that I had with my doctor, but then Avery didn't come when he was supposed to. So she wasn't the doctor that I ended up being with. Um, so that's what ended up happening. And my nurses though, after the fact, they were all great. It was, I don't remember it. I remember going into the room. Avery was born at 1121 at night. And then I just remember waking up like in the recovery room. Like I was exhausted at this point and stressed. Because you've been in labor the entire day. Yeah. Wow. Um, Wow. Okay. So, yeah, I think having great doctors are good. You can have a plan, but your plan can go. All right. So, having a plan and and your partner, do you feel like Nacho was a part of that plan or you made the primary decisions? I mean, you know me. I do. So, so, I mean, but the people don't. So I'm, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, my story. body, my decisions. Wow. Um, yeah. So there really wasn't a lot of discussion. It was like discussion in terms of me informing you, like what's going on, what my plan is, how my body is. And he was very supportive of that. But it wasn't okay, like good. a discussion in terms of you deciding or telling me whether or not I'm getting an epidural or not or anything. Okay, like that. absolutely. No, I don't um, expect him to tell but, you, but if if you passed out or you went to shop or something happened, did he know the plan enough to say this is what Chantel would want or wouldn't want? No. I, okay. Because I honestly went into like with no no fear, no negative, anything okay. in my head. Like, Okay, good. Yeah. No. Um, you know, I just like been to see my to friends on... Out. Yeah, I just want to see my friends on the other side. I can't imagine what that must feel like because, like we said when we were planning, when I was saying that um, Ellis Deval, Deval Ellis was saying that the closest a woman gets to death is in childbirth, and that mm-hmm. scared me because I have so many friends that are parents are becoming parents, just went into labor, just had mm-hmm. kids. So that's very scary that you may not see that person just because they decided to bring another life into this world. Mm-hmm. Whew. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I would that's... never want to be that person to make that decision. I don't. Mm-mm. God bless those partners that have had to be in that position. Because, woof, not me, not me. Um. So yeah, but I think aside from that and being able to advocate for yourself, and he was definitely a good advocate in terms of asking questions and trying to get me to calm down when all of that was happening because I was freaking the hell out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just advocating for yourself like you said having that conversation with your partner making sure that you have a partner who's going to respect and advocate for Mm -hmm, you and not just mm -hmm. try to force you to do whatever the doctors are telling you to do yeah yeah because they think they know better mm -hmm. the doctors know so you defer to the doctors but sometimes the doctor doesn't even have your best interest at heart yeah yeah you wow 
Ooh, and I mean, so- that's why coming here and having to choose like a pediatrician for the kids, I probably went to like 10 different locations, like interviewing doctors. And I think even that's as adults, great. like mm-hmm. I trusted my OB back home. So I accepted the referral that she gave me. I moved out here six months pregnant. And I didn't have time to like play around and look for doctors. But right. even as I look for like my PCP, I go and talk to them and have conversations. Like you don't have to just pick a name out of a book. Right. Talk to these people, have conversations and read their bios, read what they specialize in and all that stuff to make sure you're making a choice that works for you and whatever your health conditions are. Um, Some of these managed care facilities like Kaiser, when they tell you you have three of these PCs to um, these PCPs to choose from or these are the GYNs to choose from, I don't like that. Because I appreciate a plan that lets you, if you already had an existing doctor or you're able to vet the doctors, but Mm -hmm. I already told you, you know, I don't like my PCP. I loved my GYN and we had, you know, a relationship that had to build over time. And I'll talk about that later, but that trusting your doctor and knowing they have your back, that's big, especially Mm -hmm. for major life changing, life altering decisions like you went through crazy yeah so did and, you have a difference with the twins but go finish your thoughts yeah no so with the girls it was a lot easier again the same ob but we knew going into it um that i was going to have a c-section so after you have a first mm. c-section there's only certain doctors who will give you the option because yeah. your bladder can burst it's been moved around and mm. taken out and it can burst when you go into regular labor, which could be deadly. And again, I'm not, I don't have a high tolerance for pain. So I wasn't really stressed. I'm like, I did it once. Thankfully, my recovery after my first C-section wasn't that bad. So I knew going into it, I was going to have a C-section with the girls. One, because it was two of them. And two, because I had already had one. Right. Um, she, and that was you a lot remember when our friend's husband showed us or tried to show us the C-section video? When we were in Boston. Do I remember? We went I... to their apartment and the husband was trying to tell us to see the video. And he was like, I mean, she's so strong. I can't believe she did. Y'all want to see the video? And he was going. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I feel like and I I'll remember that. never forget. You know who exactly I'm talking about. I will I never so. forget that in my life. I didn't watch mine until <laughs> Avery was probably three Uh-oh. maybe and I don't even think I watched the full thing but Anthony recorded it you really aren't supposed to or that's what they told him anyway you know but he still know. did man because if some shit would have went wrong we would have proof on camera I mean this is already um, giving malpractice so exactly but yeah mm-hmm. I I couldn't watch it because he was like yo your shit was like literally on the table next mm-mm. to you like mm-mm. that's mm-mm. wild mm-mm. um but with the girls we were like in and out in 20 minutes which was a good thing and a bad thing um one of the girls had a heart murmur and it was a concern when i was going into labor her her heart rate was a concern mm-hmm. and so i had a really fast like they didn't do all the prepping that they should have done because her heart was being funky um but we were like in and out in like 20 minutes. I got there early in the morning and I was just like awake and alert the whole day. But Having a good time. Got some Chick-fil-A yeah. on the way to the hospital. No, you can't eat. I wish. <laughs> um, but they were, I delivered them at 38 weeks and that was my goal. That's considered full term for twins rather than 40 okay. weeks. Um, 
but some people, you know, deliver earlier when they're carrying two babies. But thankfully I was able to make it to 38 weeks, but they still spent um, a day in the NICU, one of them because of her murmur, and then the other one wouldn't eat. And so they were feeding her um, there. And that was a much better experience because it was just, it was quick. We were in and out. Um, But the only other thing that I scheduled it. Yes, it was scheduled. It was Love scheduled. That. I had the date picked. Um, <laughs> I did not. They, yeah, their due date. They were about to be some Gemini twins, and I was like, "That's oh, that's a absolutely lot. not." But we I do still not see support some of it. that. They're Tauruses, though. Okay, so and I love Tauruses, like, but we do not support Gemini movements. Sorry, who's listening? They just have a due date. Turn off right now. They they have a due date, and we gotta I check. Call their... them sour patches all the time because those are my friends, and they flip I will not real quick. I will Real not quick. let you talk about my friends like that. So. Whatever. Blessings that they're eating and the heart <laughs> murmur and the girls are here and thriving and giving Shan yes, all the hell yeah. that she deserves in this lifetime. Shout yeah, thankfully the, the murmur closed on its yes. own. Oh, um, Jesus. We had to watch it for the first year, but that's all good now. And other oh, baby, she's still scrawny, but she eats. She just has a really high metabolism. now Shan when you were pregnant did you go through that onslaught of medical testing like to find out anything going on with the babies um so I know it's a preference it is a preference and I chose not to because there's nothing I can do about it right so rather than add something to my plate to be stressed about Mm-hmm. I was just like, I will wait and see. God will give me whatever I can handle. Wow. Let me okay. take care of myself and do what I need to do. And hopefully everything will work out. And if not, then I'll figure it out how to deal with it. Okay. Um, but I have G6PD deficiency, which is like an enzyme that causes your red blood cells to break down. So I can't eat certain things or drink certain things that can like send what? me- into anemia the list is hella long but top things are aspirin drugs that have sulfa in it what? certain types of fava beans soy those are like the main ones that i remember because they're wow. like things that i encounter yeah. in normal life but there's literally like hundreds of things on this list of shit that i'm supposed wow. to avoid. Okay. like i was drinking soy milk and had no idea that i wasn't supposed to and then i went to the doctor <gasps> and she was like oh you're hella anemic and we need to put you on this high dosage of iron um because it basically breaks down your red blood cells and causes them to not work the way that they're supposed to um and i'm also a carrier of the sickle cell trait Mm -hmm. which wasn't something that i even like acknowledged or knew until i was pregnant because then it was like oh your husband needs to get tested because if he's also a carrier of the trait yes i did see that more likely to have sickle cell disease or other Uh, blood cell issues so that wasn't something that I was even aware of with the g6pd deficiency that it could lead to that um that's crazy when I was doing our research it was saying that there was seven or it was like a list of like seven tests that a couple should take before mm -hmm. they even continue in the relationship or decide to have kids for for, fertility tests Mm -hmm. um testing eggs, which is HIV testing, all of that. There's so many things that go into that and people don't talk about it. But someone older than me, and, and this was crazy, we were at a bar talking to a guy and a, he's oh, he was older than me. Let's say he, if I'm, I was probably 30, early 30s at that time and he was 
maybe late 40s, early 50s. And she point blank, point blank asked him, like, she's still young. She can have kids. Are your swimmers swimming? <laughs> and I said, wow, that is not something I would think to ask. And she said, you're still young. If you decide to date someone older, you need to mm-hmm. know what their health is. You need to talk to each other about your sexual health, family health, and mm-hmm. adulting. just wow just adulting your date is to the clinic yeah that's crazy yeah and i mean and that's like again we didn't do that or have those conversations prior Mm -hmm. to um finding out we were expecting but when you go in there and you've got to fill out that history form and ask Mm -hmm. ask all those questions and i think that's another reason why i felt okay going into it and not doing those testings is that neither of us have a history of those things in our family okay um but just also because I know myself, like I would be on the computer doing hella research and just freaking out and expecting and planning <laughs> for the worst. Like mind. nobody needs that. So right. I chose not to both times. Okay. Um, with the girls, it was, they already knew that one of them had the murmur um, okay. and one of them was always smaller than the other, but that's normal. Right. Um, so it was literally just watching that. But Going into that, him having to do the testing, us making sure, thankfully, he wasn't a trait carrier, so it wasn't really a concern. But, like, all my life since then, and even before then, really in college, I think, is when I started to be more aware of the GCPD deficiency, because that's when my anemia started kicking in. Mm-hmm. And just being able, again, having a good doctor, being able to have those conversations, her handing me this 50 million page document like these are all the things you should avoid but really just focus on these like somebody that ain't gonna stress you out because it's not something that I like thankfully have to deal with or think about every single day brave it's just the things a body the things a woman goes through to bring life in this world Mm -hmm. kudos to y'all kudos to y'all shout out to the moms I'm the whole time she was talking I'm sitting here with my mouth wide open (laughs) In shock because but like, you know, I didn't even really have a bad experience. You didn't, like you didn't have there are because I've had friends that won't even speak about their experience. Like mm-hmm. there is trauma from that birthing experience. Yeah. And while this is supposed to be something beautiful, they're bringing life mm-hmm. into the world, their experience in the hospital and with their doctors turned mm-hmm. it completely around for them. And I can't imagine that pain. And I, I, I wish I could take it away from them, but you yeah. can still see it. The way they look at their kids sometimes, like one of them probably wouldn't have made it home if they didn't have someone to advocate for them or a nurse mm-hmm. that was looking out. So, wow. Have you had any other experiences with doctors that you want to discuss? Oh, you, your colon thing. Well, no, just mm-hmm. sticking on the, the topic of maternal health. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the articles that we were looking at was pointing out that 12% of women of childbearing age in general um, deal with infertility, Mm. but only more than 20% of black women experience infertility. Mm -hmm. Only 8% of them seek medical help Mm -hmm. to get pregnant compared to 15% of white women. Mm. So only 8% of people who are struggling or dealing with something are looking for help compared to 15% of women who are struggling or dealing with something. And so that made me think about um, Avery and the girls are like seven and a half years apart and we experienced loss, but it was never a thought for me to go and talk to a doctor about that. Wow. Like I never thought like, Oh, we should seek infertility. I'm just like, why? I was just like thinking about the loss and then 
like, why is this taking so long? Because we weren't on birth control. We weren't no protection, but we literally from Avery to seven years later, no, no successful pregnancies. So I thought that was really interesting. And I was really trying to think like, why? And it wasn't a discussion that like my doctor brought up. It wasn't like, And your doctor knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I saw her. Yeah. Okay. You saw Mm -hmm. her. Um, so yeah, she was a part of all of that, but it was never a conversation of like needing to run tests or anything like that. And again, it could be because all of, you know, my annual stuff is coming back clear and there weren't any Mm -hmm. issues, but we never had that discussion. And I also never asked like, why isn't this happening? It wasn't a part of the conversation. So I just thought that was interesting. And I don't know if that was a miss on my part or a miss on my doctor's part, but again, it could have just been like, you know, all your tests or whatever are coming back clear, everything's normal. So it wasn't a reason to discuss it and shit will just happen in God's time, which it did. But I just thought that that was really interesting and it really made me think about like my own experience and why I didn't feel a need to look into it. I wouldn't even say advocate for myself because there wasn't an issue, but to look into it because that's that's seven years, well, not seven years because it wasn't immediate that we were trying to have kids, but mm-hmm. we were doing Do you the think thing you were grieving kids. the loss? Um, and that's why you didn't want to face them head on. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely fear. Even when I was pregnant with the girls going into the doctor, everybody, when they, they're like, when you found out you were having twins, what was your reaction? Mm-hmm. And it was literally laughter because I was like <laughs> freaked out. Um, because when I found out that we had lost uh, the baby, it was at my first um, ultrasound. Mm. So now this is like six, eight weeks into it. And I'm going for this first ultrasound with the girls. And I'm just like freaking out. Like, I just want to hear one heartbeat talking to Anthony. He's with me. We're going in there and I'm just heavy stressed, like eyes closed, not looking at the screen. And then the lady's like, guess what? And I'm like, Shit, am I further or longer? <laughs> Further along than I am because I'm like, no, it's they- too early for her to tell me gender. Like, what's right. the hell? And she's like, there's two. And again, oh, oh. I hadn't opened my eyes. Like, she hadn't done heartbeat yet. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> she's like, yeah, there's two babies. And I looked at oh. Anthony and he just started laughing. And he was like, See, <laughs> I'm not laughing. You were worried about one heartbeat. Now we got two. Mm. So be careful. Blessings abundant. That's four. You always say that. Be careful what you ask for. What you ask for. You got your rainbow baby. Yes. You got your rainbow. Oh, for people that don't know what a rainbow baby is, Shan, please explain. Yeah, it's um when you are able to conceive and birth a child after experiencing loss. They call it your rainbow baby. Mm -hmm. Um so that, yeah, this that whole statistic article just made me think about about that situation and the fact that I didn't even think to have a conversation with my doctor about it. So don't be afraid to have conversations. I need a moment to just commend you for being so transparent. I didn't know you were going to get that deep into it. I never imagined you even sharing that publicly really. Cause you don't talk about it. I know you've, you've, yeah, but I mean, wow. In awe. Thank you, friend that. Wow. Of course. You're helping someone else because I don't think a lot of women talk about it Mm -hmm. and you'll see the excitement and I've seen it on social media. You see the excitement, a baby was announced, but sometimes Mm -hmm. there's no follow through. Yep. And sometimes people are, you don't want their kids in the mix or 
it didn't happen and you never mm-hmm. find out what's happening. And I've learned no matter what, don't ask questions because that is not your place to ask. Don't yeah. ask somebody why they're having not having kids. Don't ask people when when's the baby coming? I just feel like that's so intrusive. Mind and your business. And that was definitely a lesson that this experience taught both of us, Anthony and Ooh. I, because when we got pregnant again, like we shared early on, like we didn't mm. think anything of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when it doesn't, you know, happen or when something goes wrong, then you have mm-hmm. to think about all the people that you told. And told, we were yeah. at a... We were at a boxing fight or something like that. And Literally shivering a drink. in my skin right now. <laughs> and somebody yeah. came up to me and was like, you're not supposed to be drinking. And it was like, I had moved past it. it was like, right. It was still you forgot. Yeah. In my head, but I was just like, hella awkward. Because it was like literally like a couple weeks prior that it had happened. Like I was, the loss happened at five or six weeks. Um, So then you have to have that conversation. So with the girls, I was definitely a lot more reserved in terms of not telling people and making sure we only told like immediate friends, immediate family. Um, and even still, it wasn't until a little bit into it that we shared. Um, Cause again, I just had that fear. And then with it being two of them, there's all these other risks and yeah, things yeah. come along with that. But thankfully they were overall healthy. It was an overall good experience, but I just say, no matter your age, because I was, what, 28, 29, um, the second time we were pregnant. So um, just always be aware and know that things happen to anybody, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. And have conversations with your doctor. Ask questions if there's a concern and do the tests that you feel like you need to do and use the information to make the Did best choice Did you ever feel unheard by your doctor or you had to push for something? Not by my OBGYN, but if we transition into PCPs, yes, absolutely. I feel like they think that I'm crazy when I show up into their office and they're like, do you have any questions? And I'm like, no. I have all the questions, bitch. All of them. <laughs> but Let's I, start I, here. I say no. And then like the only thing that I've ever had a concern of is that my grandmother had colon cancer. So I always like ask that question, like, when do I need to be concerned? And this is going to be TMI, y'all. But I don't have like a schedule shit every day like some people do. So that's why I'm like, do I need to be concerned about that? Girl, I don't give a fuck. Whatever. Is she in a good mood? You better get everything now because we might Take not it. get this again. Um, so yeah, and I just feel like since I've been here, I haven't had a good PCP and I've mm. really leaned on my OB because I have a great relationship with yeah. her and family. Could she recommend one for you? I can ask her. I've never asked. You should definitely ask. ask. They have to have a yeah. community of people that in different, mm-hmm. you know, practices they could find. Absolutely. I would do that. Lean on yeah. her to get a referral. <laughs> so that's the only thing um, that I think in terms of having a bad experience with the doctor is that these people down here act like you're not supposed to get an annual physical unless you have an issue or a health concern. And, and it's crazy. You're paying for it. Like, yeah. I'm about to show up every year in February and October. Like, bitch, I'm here. What are we doing? Yeah. Annuals and she went, listen, I know that it's weird, but I'm, I don't mind the exams. I don't mind anything. Take the blood, ask questions. I'm here mm-hmm. for that because there's too many things that could happen to you in that interim that I don't want to deal with. Yeah. I don't want to deal. I hate it. missed or gets caught too late. Absolutely. And now I think they were doing... GYN exams, I think, when was the last time I went to my GYN and she told me they're doing it every two years? And I said, honey, I'm going to be here every Mm-mm. year. 
Yeah, because if you have consecutive, uh, what's the word? If you have consecutive results that are clear, free and clear, mm-hmm. that they tell you, she told me every two years, I said, I'm going to be here every year. Yeah. What no, do you mean? That's a long answer. Let's get the stirrups, girl. Let's go. <laughs> the stirrups. The stirrups. Listen, she's like, are you uncomfortable? No. We're chatting. Mm-hmm. She's, do- she's like, are you sure? I'm like, you're not bothering me. You have little fingers. You're fine. Yo, that's the whole other thing is because of my quote unquote minor scoliosis and the curvature in my back is I have a tilted cervix, which just mm-hmm. makes getting Your cervix is lit. Fun. Not fun at all. Ooh. Next mm-hmm. time I'm going to go and be, <laughs> shit, what's going on in there? You having a good time? Mm-mm. So do they have to like press down and move and do all that weird stuff? Yeah. It's, it's a uncomfortable. Like adjusting of your body to get it at a good angle. It's like doing tricks in the bedroom, but in the stirrups, like you just said. Yeah. It's a great time. <laughs> I have a great time. I have a, listen, I, <laughs> any, <laughs> I have a great time at the doctor's office. It's really scary. I just don't have a great time at my PCP's office. I stopped going to him after I had laryngitis and homie's like, you're fine. Oh, when I told him I was having fainting spells and he said, maybe you're using too much cleaning products. Sir, I'm telling you I'm having, this is what I'm talking about. Going back to thinking we have a higher tolerance for pain. He did not pay attention to what I was saying. So then I think I went to him twice after the laryngitis and I got it twice in one season. I said, I'm not dealing with this fucker anymore. Mm -hmm. I went to my GYN. I told her like, hey girl, I don't know what's going on, but- do can you do everything? And I've only had a few GYNs. I appreciate when there's a GYN that could do the PCP work and a mm-hmm. GYN. I only had one of those when I first moved to DC and I loved her. Shout out to Dr. Concepcion. If you guys are there, she is amazing. Find her. And you're a little bit more comfortable when your doctor looks like you. So I've been blessed, mm-hmm. especially in DC area. I had a black dentist. He was Trinidadian. Yes, loved him. And, you know, his receptionist was my girl. We used to be chatting out there, just having a good time. Um, I appreciate having a doctor that looks like me. I feel like they understand me a little bit more. Not even Black, just a person of color. So Mm -hmm. that we can have a dialogue, but also giving someone else a chance if need be. But usually that doesn't work well for me. And I'll discuss my experience in the hospital when I had surgery. But I've had great doctors from the beginning of time, Dr. Douglas, Dr. Boa, Dr. Fizeme, my last doctor, said Shout outs going. Listen, those are my homies. Because <laughs> if you need a good doctor, well, Douglas, Fizeme, and Boa in New York, pediatricians, they're amazing if you guys are looking for doctors. Dr. Concepcion in, is in D.C. Dr. Sen is in Maryland. So- if you're looking for doctors, and Dr. Sen is under Kaiser. I Kaiser was my last medical plan that I had, and that was a whole free-for-all. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I know see as soon as you say Kaiser, be like, mm-mm. And people mm-hmm. swear by it, but I don't. Well, if we shout it out, then I guess I need to shout out my OB. You should. You should absolutely Wyatt Hathaway. Wait a minute. Okay. What? That's, That's like an R and B singer. She's amazing. I love okay. her. She could be. Say, She's back here. Say the name again, Dr. Juanita. Wyatt Hathaway. She's hyphenated Hathaway. like me. Okay. Okay. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we love her still, and that's the GYN. That's I'm putting it. in the that's universes. Why. You are finding an amazing PCP and pediatrician for the kids, and everything's going to work Oh, we out. good with Dr. West. Oh, you got pediatrician the- is amazing. Okay, good. She's amazing. I love that. She's, I love that. She's not a, a black lady. She's a white lady, but she gets it. She gives me all the tips and tricks. 
she's amazing. She'd be telling me to chill out. Like, why are you so stressed? Oh, yes. We need that. my question. Doesn't force anything on my children. When she checks them, she's like, I'm going to do this. And this is okay because mommy's right here. And she gave me permission. Mm -hmm. Don't just be letting strange people touch your children. Um, She's amazing. She's amazing. She's amazing. She got Avery sleeping through the night at three weeks. So I love that. I will. Do you ever feel like the experiences you've had in maternal health affected you anyway in your mental health? Um, no, I think experiencing the loss, that was definitely something that stuck with me for a while. Like I still, it's so I'll remember, I remember due dates. I remember Mm -hmm. like the dates of the loss, like that's something that I remember. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but like on that day, it's your thing. That's all that matters. It's your thing. Yeah. So I think for a while, especially when it took another four years for me to get pregnant and have the girls, that it was something that I thought about, um, especially when those dates would come. But I think I've I've gotten better with moving past in it. And it's just like a thing that happened and not something that I'm like focused on. But it was like, yo, I don't want my kids. It's something that lingers in the back of your head. Like it, so yes. it's just, mm-hmm. yeah. And then... um one of our friends, she was pregnant at the same time. So it was like, literally, she told me she was pregnant. And then a couple of weeks later, I told her I was pregnant. And she had a great pregnancy. Your favorite that lives oh, in Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Um. So like her her child, that was like my daughter. Ah, forever, like, so it's we like had a that parallel. Connection. Got it. We were yeah. due a month and a half apart. We were supposed to be belly buddies all summer. And that did, that's not oh. what happened. Um, wow. But wow. that's always been my my little, my baby, my boo. You have that connection. I I am impressed. Impressed, <laughs> astounded. I just this vulnerability and transparency today, kudos sis. Kudos mm. sis. I'm so proud of you. But yeah, I, I can't even imagine. Just amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. <sighs> Whew. Black women. If you're a black girl, if you're a black girl, if you're a black girl, man. Oh, I love it. Okay. This will be a two-part episode. This is one of our longer episodes where we wanted to make sure that we captured our experiences, the facts, and give you all context of what's been going on with us. So catch us on part two next week for this episode. Thank you all for listening to our stories and if you have any feedback we'd love to hear it but again part two will drop next week and shan hit it so until then be sure to follow like and subscribe wherever you are listening spotify apple google podcasts and follow us on instagram at girl underscore move underscore on underscore podcast see you next week stay curious my friends